0: everybody. Welcome to Beyond the Boob. It's
1: week nine in my pregnancy, and Maureen is here to shed some midwifery wisdom on me, thank
0: God. And I'm excited to hear how the last week went, Heather. Um, Congratulations, your baby has elbows, by no, the way. No, really? Like tiny little chicken wing pointy ones? Yeah, and like, kind of like like, little knee joints almost. I think they get a little more defined next week. But, yeah, little little chicken wing elbows, you know, uh, your whole 18-millimeter uh, baby. Yeah. Apparently, we're the size of a grape. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, baby still looks like kind of a creepy blob, except um, they have more defined facial features. So, we're crossing further into the uncanny valley with these pictures. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're still an embryo, technically, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this week, I had a bra situation. It wasn't pretty. I, uh, you, you know, I go to the gym, and so I pack my clothes, as usual, when I go to work, so I can go to the gym later, and I put my bra on to go to the gym, and I was like, holy shit, this thing is So tight. So tight. And I was like, I don't even think I can breathe in this. So I get to the gym and I'm like, okay, you can do this. It's just an hour. It's just one workout. And I'm like halfway through and in between every single exercise, I'm like pulling at the band, just trying to get a deep breath. And it's like pressing on my stomach (laughs) and it's totally pushing on the giant cinnamon bun that I had just an hour before. And I, which I, you know, I was like very excited about. That was when someone brought me that cinnamon bun at work, it was like the first emotional pregnancy tear I've had where I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> and- and, um, anyway, so I actually had to go take my bra off in the bathroom halfway through because I was gonna vomit everywhere. I was oh, my like, God, this thing is literally killing me, and so I'm wearing like one of those really super thin dry fit shirts, and it's a group class, and luckily, it's like all girls and just one right, guy perfect. who's not interested in girls. And um, then the whole other next class starts coming in. And I see the owner of the gym, Mickey, just (laughs) taking pictures of me for the Facebook group. And I'm like, Mickey, can you not? (laughs) Oh, no. I was like, my nipples are like full out right now. And she's like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize you took your bra off. (laughs) And so on my way out, I looked at my friend (laughs) Abigail and I was like, I'm going to Walmart immediately because it's like right next to the gym. And I had to buy Uh some more bras, like stat, because I had nothing. And I'm an extra large in Walmart sizes. So that's where I'm at. (laughs) What? That seems
0: inconceivable to me, but also not because sizing, like, the like, letter, letter sizing in clothing is just absolutely arbitrary. Completely. Um, also, do you think you're just, are you having, like, the swelling and tenderness on your breasts or just feeling very, very sensitive?
1: All of it. All of it. In fact, I went to the bathroom a couple yeah. of nights <laughs> ago and uh, and I didn't turn any of the lights on and I accidentally grazed my nipple against the door jam of the bathroom and it was like getting punched in the balls Uh i was like oh my god oh Oh, it was so painful so yeah they're very tender i like almost don't even wear a bra under my scrubs most of the time anymore (laughs) i'm just letting these
0: extra large walmart boobs fly free oh my goodness i'm so sorry i that like early tenderness is just it's it's like hard to wrap your brain around because you're like you're not doing anything yet girls quit this <laughs> yeah but on the other hand
1: it's like thank you i appreciate your service and getting ready for the milk that is to come but <laughs> why does it have to hurt and like why the nausea mm-hmm. why does that have to be there it just doesn't make any sense i'm still nauseous a mm. lot
0: i'm still how's nauseous your nausea lot? been yeah
1: uh it's rough you know I'm not vomiting every single day, but it's usually in the evenings if I am or after a workout and um, I'm like starving all the time, uh, except in the evening. So my husband gets, I don't think he gets upset in my, in my mind, my husband's upset at me, but he's not actually upset at me (laughs) because he will cook dinner almost every single night, which is lovely. And then I eat like four bites of it. And then I tell him I'm going to throw up for like an hour. Um, (laughs) but I have breakfast, second breakfast and elevensies and lunch and like all of these foods during the day. And then by dinner, my body's like, nope, you're nauseous now.
0: Ah, yes. Week nine is the hobbit week of pregnancy, right? (laughs) Gosh, allegedly my
1: metabolism has kicked into high gear to finish creating this placenta situation. And that's why I'm so hungry all the time.
0: Yeah, and and it's hard to get used to when you're not, like, already a snacker to be like, oh, I have to eat every 25 minutes. Stunning. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel personally attacked by the app yet
1: again because it's like, are you snacking all day? That's fine, and you should. Just make sure it's really healthy choices. And I'm like, (laughs) fuck off as I'm eating, like, Cheez-It snap things that I've never even heard of that my friend's like, do you want some of these? Yes, I do. I want two bowls of them.
0: Incidentally, my children love those snapped Cheez-It snacks. Have you have you started like making food stashes all over your office yet? Oh yeah, we have a whole folding table just full of snacks
1: that anyone can eat. God bless my Perfect. friend Abigail. She was like, "This is for everyone, but really like wink wink, it's for me." <laughs> but
0: mostly, Heather. <laughs> oh my gosh. Perfect. Thank you, Abigail. Yeah, well, very exciting things, you know, and pretty soon we're going to have our first official prenatal, too. I think that's next week. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll get to update you guys after that happens and kind of tell you what we do then.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about that. We're going to come to the farm. Yeah, so speaking of food, I was going to drink kombucha the other day, and my sweet little scribe, who's a pre-med student, goes, you can't drink that. And I was like, Why? She's like, there's alcohol in it. <laughs> I was like, you're sweet. That's okay. And um, right as she said that, like my app dinged and it's like, here's a list of foods you shouldn't eat when you're pregnant. And it's like brie. And I had just had like half a baguette with brie on it the day before. And I'm like, but it's, isn't there a difference between like brie that I got at Kroger and
0: brie that I had flown in from a cave in France? You know what I mean? I. I mean, there is. So, you know, this is when I have a lot of those conversations with people who are newly pregnant, right? Can I eat this food? Can I take this medication? It's kind of just dawning on you like, oh no, maybe everything I do in my life is not pregnancy safe. And and so, you know, it's a good time to talk about the risks of that. Soft cheese, there's a risk of bacterial infection. It's very, very small. Absolutely up to you if you feel comfortable taking that risk. Same with uncooked deli meat, sushi, you know, all those foods are just slightly higher risk for bacterial infection that could affect your pregnancy. Is that likely to happen? Absolutely not. Do you want to play it safe? That's up to you. You know, some people skip the soft cheese, they cook their deli meat, they only eat cooked sushi, whatever. Um, You know, they skip the kombucha or other people say, you know what, I feel totally fine eating those things. I eat them every day. I feel like I trust my sources for those foods, and they move on from it.
1: Yeah, I just always found it hard to believe that, like, no pregnant Japanese woman is eating sushi. You know, like, no French woman is eating brie. Oh pregnancy. yeah,
0: absolutely. It's like, <laughs> Americans are just so weird. Yeah, we're we're really risk adverse here, and it's the like a, a it's a culture thing, and also we just. We live in a country where our food systems are really complicated. They're really big. Um, there definitely is, like, bacterial contamination. I mean, you know, there's, like, E. coli recalls on spinach and stuff all the time. You know, so it, it maybe we are at a higher risk for that in this country. I don't actually know if we have, like, data to tell us, though. You know, we just know that those foods sometimes have listeria in them or, you know, other bacterial contaminants. And, um, you know, it's something you should at least be aware of that you're taking a risk for. Yeah, for sure. And same
1: with medication too. You know, some we really know that we should not take with pregnancy, like the teratogenic stuff that makes your baby have four arms and half their genitals. But for the most part, like no one's done experimental studies on pregnant people so it's like retrospective data just like with lactation and we just do the best we can to validate safety for those and I mean like when I was pregnant with Theo they were handing out Zofran like candy for nausea and then when I was pregnant with Heidi they were like oh apparently Zofran causes heart defects in fetuses (laughs) we know that because we gave it to everyone and we saw some data and I was like oh fun
0: Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's how it goes with pregnancy Like safety information. We have retrospective data, right? And it's a very ethically complicated thing to study the safety of a product during pregnancy because, you know, in most cases, we have this viable fetus who is its own person at some point and can't consent to that. However, we also trust parents to consent on behalf of their children in like every other circumstance. You know, like parents are allowed to enroll their children in medical studies. So I guess I don't really I don't really know how that's different, except that in this country, we do kind of value the unborn fetus more than the child.
1: A hundred percent.
0: It's like the idea of a child is way more exciting to us than an actual child. <laughs> Sad, but true. <laughs> I mean, and, and and like legally, you know, lawfully, all of that, it kind of is, right? Because they are a potential life rather than an actual life with the realities of, you know, race and class and sexual orientation. All these like very complicated things that um, are, are like difficult to think of from a governmental standpoint.
1: And yeah, you know, like I'm taking Unisom now for... Nausea, which I found does help. So I thought it wasn't helping. So I stopped for three days just so I could have some more energy because I was in a unison fog all the time. And I just have to get stuff done. We just moved into my new office. We are, like, incredibly busy. I'm so far behind. And I can't just have zero fucks to give every single day because of my unisom. So I quit taking it for three days. And then I was very nauseous and, like, beyond nauseous. It was really bad. And so I figured out my dose that I like is a third of a unisom. And that puts me in, like, an okay place where I'm just a little nauseous, but I'm not completely fogged over.
0: Okay, so you're taking, like, eight, nine milligrams?
1: Yeah, something like that. But I'm like, I hope I don't find out one
0: day that Unisom causes heart defects or whatever. Like, this is what I'm doing to get by. I know. And Honestly, like, every time somebody asks me about medication safety, I'm like, well, currently, here's the information. I can't promise that'll be the same tomorrow. I think it's probably fine, but, <laughs> like just a disclaimer, we don't actually have a lot of information. You know, like somebody asked me about allergy medications the other day. And, and I was just like, uh, it should be fine. Here's the printout from infant risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the best
1: we have today. And, you know, again, I've been looking up a lot of things on infant risk for myself for pregnancy and for other people with lactation. And it is so much more risky in pregnancy because you're sharing a frickin bloodstream. So that's annoying for me cuz usually with lactation I'm like super chill. I'm like whatever, you know, it's probably fine. With pregnancy
0: I'm like I literally don't know. <laughs> yeah, and and it's harder because we don't have like immediate feedback from the child, right? In lactation, we have this baby that we can see, we can monitor, we can be like, "Oh, your behavior has changed and that was a potential side effect of this medication, so we'll stop it." With a baby who's in your uterus still like we're not going to be continuously monitoring through your whole pregnancy. So it's tricky. It is tricky.
1: So everyone out there, just do your best to remain calm. I'm pretty calm. You know, I'm annoyed mostly all the time. And that could be a side effect of the unisom just making me a total biatch. But I know it's annoying. It's very annoying to deal with like the sudden increase in risk for everything, including turkey sandwiches, But it is a short-lived time, and you have to be comfortable with your own level of risk. I'm pretty comfortable with um, eating specific foods. And, like, I'll throw my lunch meat in the microwave for 10 seconds before I put it on a sandwich just to (laughs) kind of nuke off any extra bacteria that might be in there. (laughs) But, you know, whatever you need to do to feel comfortable.
0: Yeah, and, you know, personally for me in my pregnancies, um, in my first especially, like i i got really nervous about a lot of that stuff and then somebody was like oh you're more likely to like die in a car accident than to have any of that happen And I was like, what? And then I looked up all these statistics about it and I was like, oh, you're right. These major disasters that could happen any day that I never worry about, you know, um, are way more likely than all of this stuff about, you know, these low risk medications and this food and blah, blah, blah. And honestly, that helped me calm down. In my second pregnancy, I didn't actually think about any of it at all, like, basically, not once. And, you know, I kind of feel like we have like, The two sides of that spectrum, and very few people in the middle. There's people who are like, whatever, I'm not going to worry about any of it. And then the other Mm -hmm. folks who are like, well, everything is a risk and I'm very worried about all of it. Yep. You're like, just in
1: case anything happens. If my baby has excess gas after, I don't want to think it was the lunch meat I ate.
0: And you're like, okay, whatever. Whatever you need to do. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I'm very much looking forward to week 10 and – doing your prenatal visit. I'm so excited for you to come down to the farm. Um, I'm also looking at getting a new office. So we'll see when that happens. I have a potential opportunity. Ooh, very exciting. Well, I hope everybody out there in your first trimester is managing your nausea and your sore boobs and everything else that comes along with it. You know, let us know if any of the tips we gave you are helpful um, and how you guys are doing out there. And we'll see you next week.
1: All right. We'll see you. Hang in there, everyone. I live in the same nausea sphere as you. Uh, That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Good luck out there, everybody. I'm with you in spirit. (laughs)